think he smokes the bum all the good old days. Let me kick the podcast off here. Yeah. All right, ready? Fixed it. That was a good one. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Raise Rowdy Podcast. Hell yeah. Cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers. I Thanks say, for having me. I could say hell because... It's a podcast. Yeah, I'm allowed to say... Can I say ass, too? You sure can. <laughs> ass. Just get them all out of the way right up front like Ryan Nelson does. Penis. Vagina. <laughs> okay, we're done. Dude, Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So our guest this week is Mr. Vinny Paolizzi. I had to have um, Nick intro. I'm like, Paolizzi? I appreciate that. I, that. You know, for so long, people are like, what, are you going to change your name, change your name? I was like, man, there's not that many people with cool names. Like, yeah. I want to keep my name I the like way it. it is. You know what I mean? Plus, like, your parents <laughs> gave it to you, you know? Yeah. That's a whole uh, lineage you know, there's people uh, across the ocean with that last name, too, still, yeah. which is kind of cool. Super cool. Well, you look super Irish, so I assume that's what it really? is, Really? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that. That was good. Yeah. Uh, no, I am one of the sauce monkeys. Yeah, for uh, sure. This guy eats pizza. I, yeah. Like pizza this, beats. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to get your hand. We're yeah. doing the Italian hand thing for those. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a strong Italian segment in the Philadelphia region as well as the Pittsburgh region. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I was talking about this with a, a buddy last week, but, like, growing up in, like, a huge family, like, growing mm-hmm. up, you you don't feel like you're super lucky for that because you feel like everybody has that. But knowing people that have, like, two cousins that they sometimes see is, like, crazy. Like, my mom's side, I have 19 cousins, and my dad's Ooh. side, I have, like, 12. Well, first, and then like I don't even know how many so, seconds. Like, so Catholic of you, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like nobody leaves. Like no one has left like a fifteen mile radius besides me. Like I'm the only person that's ever really like left. My so, mom was literally distraught when I moved. Like, yeah, and she didn't know what to do. It's really not that far away. Yeah, like <laughs> I can be on a Southwest flight in an hour and be home in an hour and a half after that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that's why that's another reason Nashville is kind of great. Yeah. Um, when did you when did you move here? How long have you been in town? I've moved here December 2017, so uh, like three and a half years or so. That's still pretty new. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's changed a lot. I mean, since then, oh I, I feel like every year is a whole different. Um, yeah, the world turns over every year. It's wild. Yeah, uh, and and a third of that has been pandemic-y. Mm-hmm. But brutal. <laughs> but, I know when I first start, started touring, like every time I'd come home, like and I was living in Midtown, so mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. Um, and I moved here in 2012, but like I started touring in 2014. Every time I come home, there was a new restaurant or something was gone. Yeah. So bye bye JJ's market. All right. I know that was such a good, that's, that's a huge loss. Yeah. And then Eric Dillon wrote that amazing song about it that I had to edit to play on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it? what kind of coffee yeah. shop has like 80 different kinds of coffee and a full cigar humidor? Yeah. The very best few, kind. very few, just the best and ones. tons of craft beer. They sold there too. Yeah. And those Belgian coffee circle things that are like grids that you dunk in your coffee. You uh, guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The sugar ones are so good. The the diabetes sticks, dude. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the good stuff. Well, uh, I am from western Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. And Pittsburgh. you are from the eastern side of the state. Mm-hmm. What specific part of eastern PA did you grow up in? Uh, so uh, I grew up in a town called Westchester, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uh, college at Temple University in, yep. in the city and lived oh. a, a couple more years after after college downtown and played at every single bar, restaurant, country club, Mexican place that you could possibly think of in that whole kind of tri-state area um, just to get through school. And um, it was awesome. Looking back, it was great. In the time, I didn't. I was a little bitter about it because it was boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Playing four-hour sets every night of like, can you play Brown Eyed Girl again? Um, yeah. But it, looking back, it was such good practice. Man, yeah. it was like I got to practice for three hours every day, four days, five days a week for, you know, people at least. Yeah, and at least finding what you don't like. You know what I mean? For sure. And I, and I knew that if I wanted to, I could, you know, 
make X amount of money playing weddings and that kind of stuff for the rest of my life. If, if I want, yeah, if I wanted to, and I realized I didn't want to. Um, right. And I think it was hard. I was talking to uh, another podcast about this too. Is like um, when when you're trying to explain to your family that that's not your dream. Yeah. You know, and they're like, you're doing your dream and you're making money and you're, you know, you can say, it's just like, that's not quite it. <laughs> yeah. You're you like, know. this is a, like a, a sliver of my dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually destroying my dreams every time I step up here. Yeah. Um, I've always found like my dream, my ultimate goal is a musician. And I know that Nick can attest to this as a musician himself, but, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's like, you know, when you're a kid, it's like such a defined thing, you oh, know, yeah. and it's like, for me, I wanted to, my mom, I asked my mom when I was like 11 years old, who's the best guitarist, best guitarist ever? And she was like, oh, I don't know. I think it's Jimi Hendrix or Mark Knopfler. And I'm like, I want to be better than both of them, you know? And it's like, but now when I'm older and I was like in college, I'm like, if I could just play enough weddings to where I didn't have to work this like shitty restaurant job, <laughs> then that would be my dream. And then it's just like this um, benchmark that once you hit it, then it's like, well, now what? Now what? Now what? At least that's like my experience. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an evolving thing, and you have to be okay with it being evolving. You know, like, uh, man, I, I always said I wanted to sell a hundred tickets in twenty five cities. That was like the only goal as a I musician. Love that. So yeah. if that ever, I mean, I'm not quite there yet, but if that ever happens, I feel like I'll reevaluate. But I I feel like if you do that, yeah, I mean, if I appreciate it, man. But if 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 you do that, that's a that's a that's something you can check off and be like, you know what? I set this goal when I was, I guess, 18 or something and then, you know, got got there. Probably at 58 is when I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> but Man, some great artists don't peak until they're – like Doc Watson is like – he, you know, he was literally an old guy when he started really doing it and he was like working on a farm and doing country shit. So it's like – yeah, look at Brooks and Dunn, dude. How old were they when they They were 37 when they met. Yeah. Or something like that. Wow. Something wild like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, and I mean, I I I think uh, kind of a thing that happened for me. I was not in the country world right. really. Um, I grew up playing in rock bands and like started doing like singer songwriter ish stuff. If you knew like Amos Lee or any yeah, of that stuff, love Amos Lee. He's a Philly guy, and like the bar that he used to play at, I start kind of came up in later, obviously. But um, that was kind of what I was thinking I wanted to do. I wasn't as like you know soul influenced as him, but I still loved all that kind of music. Um, but then like the, that Stapleton record came out, oh I guess gosh. I was 21, 20. You're about Traveler? Yeah, Traveler, you know. I'm 20, I'll, I'll be 27 next week. Oh, happy early birthday, Thank man. You. Cheers. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Um, happy birthday. Yeah, April 15th, tax it's day. a baby boy. All those self-employed people's uh, favorite day. Yeah, unless you don't pay them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. The worst. Yeah. I almost um, shouted out a few buddies that haven't paid their taxes in a yeah. while, then I go, um, probably not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll oh, figure it out man. eventually. Um, but but that came out, and I was like, oh, this is like actually really good music, and I I don't, I mean, it's it's not like twangy really. It's just like very honest, and I love the guitar parts, and I, I just like... That that was it's like incredible. yeah, and I'm like, what is this thing? Like maybe we can talk about this thing. Maybe that can be, um, and I just kind of started getting into that kind of stuff, and I started learning about Studio A and all like the stuff coming out of there. And Sturgill and Isbell was huge because I I love the drive by truckers, and I never knew. I just was like that one guy's really good, and I just never put <laughs> it together. And then Southeastern came out, and I was like, oh, oh. that's that guy, that's that guy, and I just. Um, so, so those two artists like really kind of shifted because it's it it is like Tom Waits who I love it is like Jackson Brown who I love it is like Springsteen and all that kind of stuff. It's just honest for them is like a more southern kind of delivery. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Well, um, and I think a mix of the, all of that makes it what you are. You know what I'm saying? Like right. And, and that's uh, I don't think that grows if you lived in a place where you listened to country music your whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up on the Eagles. And yeah. That's, I mean, that's almost there. Yeah, that's you know? country. If it was out now, that's country for sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we had all their, I mean, the vinyl and um, obviously Springsteen is huge in that area of the world, but he was humongous in, in my house. Yeah. Um, for like my dad and, and, uh, and also my mom has all these old like uh, 70s like funk records that yeah. I don't even know. Like we have George Benson records in the house. We She always played like, you know. I, st I stole songs in the key of life like a long time ago and all those Philly like bands were all kind of around. So 
I don't know. I like to think that it's some sort of concoction of all that kind of stuff. Jim yeah. Croce, another Philly guy. This is making me want to listen to your music so bad. Just listen to all these influence. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, you Thanks, can hear man. it for sure. Like, yeah. Like I hear Springsteen in your stuff for sure. Thanks, man. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. It's funny, too, because I hear it in Rob Snyder's music, too, who I've yeah. had on the podcast as well. I love Rob. He's one of the, uh, he's he's like a, like a, a Mount Rushmore of Nashville friends. Yeah. I feel like for so many people, you know, yeah. he's been such a connector and such like a great um, part of the community, I guess. Yeah. Who else is on that Mount Rushmore for you? A tough question to answer. You no, don't no. forget anyone, but. No, definitely. Um, well, Rob was big. I mean, Nick knows this story, but. Uh, you know, when I first moved here, I didn't know, I literally knew no people. Like I knew one girl who eventually a month later moved. So, um, I just reached out to Revival and said, Hey, like what time does it start? <laughs> and like, here's my phone number. If I can play sometime, like I had nothing really. And he saw the area code and he's like, are you an Eagles fan? And I was like, yeah, the band and the team. Hell and yeah. <laughs> he's like, here's my phone number. Call me. And then, so we like ended up, you know, he, he, he called me. He's like, what's your Wawa order? And I like recited it. And he was like, all right, we're going to be friends. Um, That's awesome. But yeah. And, and since then, I mean, we've literally been friends like since that moment. And um, that kind of was huge for washing away all of like the, when I was moving here, everyone was like, it's so competitive and cutthroat and, everyone's out to steal your songs and like then my first week i met rob and i'm like it's not like that at all right like, <laughs> that's total bullshit of people that are too scared to leave their hometown you know what i mean well if you're with the right people it's not right yeah. i, I guess. have that same thing too like uh playing jazz all the musicians are very cutthroat and they they call it like cutting sessions where people call songs the jam on that are intentionally hard to play to test each other in a way Oh, well, and, that's kind of, I mean, I guess that has, serves a purpose, but it right. It kind of also is like, that guy can't even play the fifth, right. whatever. But then, like, I'd go to bluegrass jams, and I'd be like, I don't know the song. And they'd be like, well, I'll just teach it to you real quick. It's G, C, and D. I'm like, oh, I know it now. <laughs> and, like, you guys are my friends now. So it's like just that community that we have down here is just so welcoming. Yeah. I always also felt like when I first moved here, I, was, I mean, I, I've definitely chilled out a lot in general and, just being from the East Coast and being like, everyone's so focused on like, uh, not everyone, I shouldn't speak in that broad terms, but a, a lot of people around me were so focused on like preparing for tomorrow. You got to prepare for this, got to prepare for this. And if this isn't working, you got to change it this. And and when I moved here, if I was having a rough day, almost anyone would be like, do you just want to have a cigarette real quick and just like chill out and we'll just talk, you know, and slow down. And I think that that was like, I had a couple of people like that who just kind of like put a lot of stuff into perspective. For me, you know, uh, Rob was a great friend. Uh, Gabe Leaf, you guys have met him. Yeah, big um, fan. Yeah, I'm, 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 I met him like three months in randomly. Um, his my favorite Gabe Leaf story. I was like, I was, I was splitting up with a girl, and I was like, I, it was, you know, it had just been stressing me out for a long time, and blah blah blah. And you know, people like a couple friends were like, oh, I hope you're okay, you know, texting me and stuff. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I just hear my like somebody outside my window honking. And he's like, yo, are you awake? And I was like, yeah. He comes in in his restaurant uniform. He puts a six-pack on the thing. We drink the whole thing in an hour and don't talk about it at all. And then he leaves. He's like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> and like, that's the kind of friend you need at that moment. Yeah, you know man. I mean? That's unreal. Um, yeah, and and just, I mean, him, Nate, I was listening to Nate's episode today, and like he named all of the people. Uh, just having that whole crew has been really great. Yeah. That's a good song. Um, talented crew of people that you surround yourself with in my sure opinion. Is. yeah and it's been i mean the revival thing has been great um rob kind of you know halfway through that first year i was here kind of just needed some help running stuff his his career and writing stuff was just taking off in like a way that was nuts and he didn't have as much time for revival and like i had a whole different group of friends and he did and it was kind of cool because now we kind of book it like he books some older established people and i'll get you know some younger folks that are still trying to get there and I feel like we've cultivated kind of like a cool environment where a lot of writers who have been here a while are meeting the younger people and writing together and um when nights like that happen like Nate's like release it just makes it makes it feel like very validating yeah you know family yeah, yeah like a big family yeah exactly and all of us are different and wacky in our own ways and you know like every family there's just there's some kind of sauce that keeps us together I don't I don't know what it is yeah, it's probably weed. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say music or friendship, but 
Cigarettes and weed yeah. and beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. Was that funny or no? No, yeah. that was very funny. Yeah, yeah you, you nailed it. I was just messing around. I knew it was funny. Yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, was that funny? Yeah. That's great. But man, it's uh it's super cool seeing that crew. And like I've been a fan of Revival for a long time. Like as an outsider before, of course, I was in Nashville. Like yeah. it's Whiskey Jam and it's Revival. And those are like the two names that you know when you want to know what's actually happening in town. You know, right. So that was like a big, big benchmark for me is like paying attention to who's if you're playing one of those. Cool. If you're playing both of those. Yeah, you got it going on then. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, Revival was born. I don't know if you know this, but Revival was born out of Whiskey Jam. Rob was a bouncer at Whiskey Jam. For, yeah. For a long time. I didn't know that. For the first. Yeah. For the first year or two, he's here and he he, he wanted to do like he, he thought the Bluebird was really cool. I don't I hope I'm not butchering this. He thought the Bluebird was awesome, but he wanted to do like a drunk Bluebird show. You know, that was kind yeah. of like the. The go- where people really did listen, because yeah. like Whiskey Jam is great, but it's it's loud and there's bands and it's just like it's all super fast and stuff. He wanted to have like a listening room, but also be in Midtown and be like you know rowdy a little bit, yeah. Not not to get too on brand, yeah. Too on the nose. Well, no, I th- and I think that's what it is. There's nights at Revival where everyone shuts the fuck up and yeah. pays attention to the songs, yeah. And then there's some where there is some it's a chatter. party, yeah, yeah. It's a party. It definitely has both of those elements. And honestly, like when I was hosting, like when we started our event, I want people to shut up when there's a song that you're supposed to shut up, but yeah. I also want them to drink bush lights and have a good time. You know yeah, what I mean? If, like if 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 I get too drunk, I just get on the microphone and I tell everyone to like I, I get like third grade teacher on it. Or like bus driver when everyone's being too nasty. Yeah. Just pull over and be like, hey, this is not fucking going down. A Philly accent comes out. Yeah. Oh boy. Rob's done that too, man. Oh yeah. And and you have to like I feel like start for, throwing batteries at people. <laughs> <laughs> for specifically Santa Claus. For for yeah, it yeah. to stay cool, it has to be a little bit like that. You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there has to be a little bit of respect for it, because mm-hmm. like, if you're gonna talk through Channing Wilson playing, yeah, you know, blues coming on or something, then like, for one, that's your loss. Yeah, go but, fuck yourself. But yeah. for two, <laughs> go fuck yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, so, that's that good East Coast mentality there too. You need yeah, a little bit of that. It's just like don't don't do that. If yeah. there's an entire bar, uh, there's there's an entire city full of bars you could be at right now to talk with your friends. You yeah. know, this is where this is happening. Yeah. Um, it's on a church pew for a reason. I sound like such an reason. asshole. I'm sorry. No, I, but I, <laughs> it's it's on a church pew for a reason. Exactly. There's a little bit of, um, uh, I don't want to say reverence. It's way too severe. But there's a little bit of respect that you should kind of like have when people are playing songs for you that they wrote and that they care a lot about. Because yeah. if you have three songs to play at a place where people are going to be listening, you're going to play like your three favorite songs at the moment. Yeah. You know, so you want to respect that like, uh, courage, like what, like whatever that is that that makes people, you know, bring those songs to that show. I guess. Yeah, makes sense. And it's great to have someone like you running it because you've been there and you will be there and yeah. forever. Well, and it's like you said, it's having both Rob and you both ha- bringing different things to the table is cool. Right. You know, right? And he, I mean. There, he built, I mean, like you said, his Whiskey Jam Revival, he, he's built that brand for, we're about to have our ninth year anniversary. Wow. Um, I, this, I'm, this is my, I guess, thir- third year being like involved in it. But um, every one of those anniversary shows is uh, wild. You know, it's it's so much fun. Um, the quarantine one was insane oh, too because oh God. like everyone was there, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that quarantine stream of just like, remember watching it and just like giggling like imagine if this was a night in nashville yeah and this was happening Try, you know? well, well trying to upload it was not giggle friendly uh. i can tell you that much <laughs> trying to get all that huge file onto instagram took hours oh, but man. uh yeah it's it, just the people that showed up e- even virtually to like you know again that respect thing of revival being asked to do that is like something that they felt good about you know yeah. um and i feel so lucky to just have kind of stumbled um face first into it because of my uh Area code. Yeah, your my- best Wawa order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, but my mom would say the squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know. So it's like, um, or gets the grease or whatever. But it's like you put yourself out there. Hey, like I want to be involved. I'm passionate about songwriting and music, and yeah. I want to be a part of this. And I guess no one else did. So right. Well, that's the thing too. People call stuff like that luck, but there's luck not, involved yeah. in it but it's not luck yeah luck is putting yourself in the right positions yes and and showing up when they have it i mean yeah 
Man, I'm I'm like so pumped to I'm playing that that Key West Songwriters Fest next month. Which, oh, 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 you guys are going. Oh, let's yeah. go. Um, I'm so pumped, but I am nervous as shit. You know, because I feel like again, uh, not lucky, I guess, but I I I feel very fortunate to be going, and you yeah. know, it's even if it is kind of a weird year, or whatever. Um, I th- the lineup is incredible. Like it's gonna be so much fun. But like I have not played like a big show in a long time, so I'm I'm booking Same. I, I'm I'm booking like I think I have four shows in the next like week because I just I just want to get like the More reps, practice. you know. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, I, th- I think that's good. Like that nervousness is good. Yeah. But also, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> well, we might be hosting an event down there, so if so, you're oh, gonna have to play it. Yeah, that's awesome. Might yeah. have to bring my dough, bro. Yeah, come on. I didn't know you guys were going. Yeah, we just we just squared it away. Sweet. Just yeah. squared it away. Yeah, squared. Is this like you oh, announced? Oh, squared it away. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're both on brand, honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I have barely played any music out anywhere. So yeah, to well, get to do that's going to be for you. I mean, it must be incredible. I, I, I saw an awesome uh, lineup for another festival that Luke is playing. Oh, my gosh. I saw it today. Trey's playing. Uh, oh, Rock the South. Rock the South in Alabama yeah. with Drew Parker. Shout out to Drew Parker. Love you, Drew. Yeah. Uh, Flatland's playing it. Sweet. Josh Kaiser. Kaiser's playing. I mean, there's, yeah. it's just like so many great artists. Yeah, Skinner. You're playing though, right? You're going to play with Oh, yeah. Them? Okay, yeah. cool. Skinner's Sk- playing? Miranda Lambert. Yeah. Is Skinner playing? Really? Yes, yeah, Skinner. As as in Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Not Leonard Skinner Jones. I was going to ask, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Crazy small world thing when you said Flatland Cavalry. Uh, you know Jake Gear? Yeah. He's like, he produced a bunch of band stuff. Yep. He needed a baritone guitar for a session like two or three months ago and I let him use mine and then he brought it back. He's like, yeah, Flatland loved it. And I was like, oh shit, Flatland Cavalry used my guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, was, that was pretty cool. I've, I've never met them, but I hope that it sounds good. Yeah. Well, Cletter, the singer like lives like three minutes from here. Oh no shit. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I like their music. I just, I didn't know that was what it was for. He's like, can I borrow your guitar? I'm like, sure. That's rad. Um, yeah. Very small world. I uh, got to meet Cleto over here one night while we were just like noisily listening to our radio show. Listening to our ourselves talk ourselves on the radio because we love ourselves. Well, you guys was, just giggle and touch each other's knees? Kind no, of. This is kind great. of. We smoked cigars mostly. but Yeah, and drank. Yeah. But uh, Cleto came over and was like, this is so nerdy. Like he's <laughs> sitting here listening to us listen to ourselves on the radio show. <laughs> this is show. so nerdy. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Luckily, Cleto's kind of nerdy too, so it's fine. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. He's chill. <laughs> he's super cool. But yeah, it's uh, it's great to see all of the folks in town, specifically like in your crew, because everyone's dropping music now. Well, we've, I mean, we started working. Yeah. When, so we we formed like when the when the you know the S hit the F. Yeah. Um, we uh, he meant shit. Hits <laughs> shit, it's the fan. Yeah. I'm not trying not to curse. I just thought that'd be funny. To, yeah. It's funnier when you don't curse sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, like all of us were like, okay, if we only write with like, you know, the five of us or the four of us or the, you know, whoever, however you uh, map it out, this is like a great time to write a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And all of us had all these weird ideas because we're having weird thoughts because the world is weirdly ending for a second. Um, so like the year before last, uh, I only, I mean, I don't really write that many songs, to be honest. I wrote 33 songs two years ago. And last year I wrote like 55, which was like out and this year I'm on track to like way past that just because it it was such a great time for all of us to like figure out what we actually wanted to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it's it's not we're not none of us are trying to do things anymore. It's like, hey, this is my voice. This is what I want to be. And obviously different degrees of that. Like I'm you still figuring shit out. But like 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 Nate was talking about on the the podcast, you know, uh, once he stopped trying to sound like Ryan Bingham or sound like whoever then it opened so many doors. And I feel like all of us got to do that at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to sit with ourselves and be like, no, actually, I hate the way I sing that song. And you know what? I actually hate that song. I'm going to write th- this version of that song and restart it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was a, it was a, I know, you know, you're not supposed to say anything positive at all about 2020, but it was a really nice time for me to like just reevaluate a lot of stuff, you know? Well, I think in, when you look back on it, you'll think about those good things, right? In my head, at least. 100%. You'll remember the really, really bad stuff, and you'll remember the really, really good stuff. Yeah. But you'll remember more of the middle stuff that was good. Yeah. At least in my head. And and think about all the people in that crew that are putting stuff out. Like Tyler Halverson's putting stuff out. Yep. Nate obviously dropped his thing. Um, Yep. 
which is like Killer. there's like all of us rode on it so it's yeah. it's just like so much fun that that all of us like like the 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 parties and stuff around it were all like just all our friends it was yeah. it was great um and and even if if um if, even if that's all it is you know is is that kind of feeling that it's still worth it you know what i yeah. mean um but i mean ben's rec- like recording stuff Meg's recording stuff now. Harper's yeah. almost done. She sent me your mixes last week. They're awesome. Nice. Gabe's got more. He's got like 25 new songs he's trying to record. And Colin Nash is doing stuff. Um, there's so many people yeah. that are really like finding it right now. And speaking of doing stuff and music releases. Yeah. Uh, I know you have a brand new single that we're going to be premiering on our, our website. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, That's, dude. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Th- so... Uh, I'm like a huge Adam Hood fan. Yeah, you know who that is uh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, saw him out at the Palace when he played. Oh, he's a couple maybe a couple months ago now. Man, I've been here like a couple months now. He's like the only like person I get fangirly around. Him and Brent <laughs> Cobb, because they're very nice and chill. And I'm like, you're supposed to be like really hard for me to you know like talk to because yeah. I listen to your music all the time. Yeah, but you're just like standing at revival. I'm like, hey, what's up? I was, I was like, forget how to talk. Your hands get all sweaty. And yeah. <laughs> and, and during quarantine, I, I've like, I love playing guitar and, and listen to your episode, like with you to like talking about learning guitar and stuff. Oh, right on. I still like, I love just learning song. Like I just love playing guitar by myself, you know, nobody's home. Yeah. Um, so I just learned all of Adam Hood's Shape of Things album, which is one of my <laughs> favorites of all Fantastic. time. Yeah. And from 2011, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like just the vocal melodies, the the guitar parts, the the way like he uses keyboards and organs and stuff, I just loved it. And the guy who produced that, Oren Thornton, uh, also produced Rob's record. He's done a bunch of like he did a bunch of old Miranda stuff too, I think. Um, but I was like the beginning of this year, I was just like kind of dejected, didn't know what my next step was, and uh, my girlfriend among a few others kind of kicked me in the ass and were like, "Hey, like you you know what you have to do. You're just." stalling and i'm like yeah i know i just i don't know what i don't know who to call or blah blah blah. i texted rob i was like man i want to make a record but i don't even know the first thing to do and uh he started a group message with Orin and said hey you should make a record with this guy i'll let you take it from here and i'm like jesus christ (laughs) i was just like baptism by fire yeah i I, I went from like in my pajamas eating a turkey sandwich to like talking to like this producer that i've like loved for a long time um (laughs) Anyways, we worked it out, and uh, I was recording like a month later. Uh, we went out to Springfield, Missouri, where he's from, um, and we used another small world thing. The piano player we used used to play in Nate Frederick's band, like uh, back in the day. So I, funny. That's where Nate's from. Yeah. Um, which is wild. His name's Kelly Brown. He's amazing. Um, we recorded four songs out there, and uh, I, re- I recorded one here with my buddy Alex that I really love. Um, and yeah, we worked out a, a kind of like a one of those uh, distro deals, deals with yeah. with Empire. Nice, that's who Job's uh, using too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, they they did Robs as well, and they yeah. they uh, they kind of started this Nashville thing, and it's it's gonna be cool. So yeah. we're, we're we're putting them out over the course of the year. So it's like every six weeks for I think six months, five months. So that's awesome. I'm excited, man. Yeah, the the first thing was Gold Rush. It's next Friday. If you're in Nashville, we're doing a release show with. Most of the family, yeah, uh, Ben and Meg and Nate. I'm gonna, I can't, I can't say all those names again. Yeah. Um, we're doing a, a release show at Bobby's Idol Hour, which is uh, I thought that place closed. No, it did. They reopened one. Be back, baby, down Be the back. street. I, I actually met Gabe Lee at the old one, um, playing an open mic. It was his first show in two years, and he was just like up there looking at the floor. And I was like, we're gonna be friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're doing a release show the 16th, 7 p.m. If you're in Nashville, it's going to be fun. I hadn't yeah. been to the new, is it a different location? It's literally like, uh, like, you know what RCA is? Mm-hmm. If you go down the alley, like towards Wedgwood, like two blocks, it's, it's right there. Okay. So, so it's uh, still on the row for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's in that old post office. Remember there was like a post office there that kind of closed. Mm-hmm. It's in that building. Oh, cool. Um, Is the beer still cheap? I mean, that place is the best. But and, and, and then at the end it says Vienna sausages are market price, which is like the best part of the whole menu. Yeah. I love that. And and they used to do frozen pizzas. I don't know if they still do that. Yeah, I used to live when I lived in Midtown, I would just walk there all the time from my place. And it was the best. Yeah. And they used to it used to be like 
cash only, so I had to make sure I had cash and yep. just like SIGs everywhere. Senior people c- blasting SIGs. Senior citizens. Yeah, super SIGs, old. Yeah, cash only. It was super old Nashville, which was great. Yeah, and, and when they knocked it down, like it was, it was one of those things where it was like the first place that would let me play music in Nashville. Like I used to just show up on Wednesdays, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll fit you in," and I would sit there for hours just waiting to play whatever. And when that was gone, I was like, oh, man, this is how that feels. When people are talking about new mm-hmm. Nashville Old stuff. people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is how that feels. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad they opened. Josh, who used to be the bartender, you know Josh? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he, he, uh, I'm frequently overserved there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because you could walk. That's, yeah. I mean, that's dangeroso. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he he kind of bought the business and and – reopened it got it rolling yeah it's great i actually brent uh and adam recorded a video there um and like you see brent's video he did last week where he was like talking to kendall marvel and they were saying like we should go on tour together i that was there that that, that's at the new the new spot the new spot yeah that's awesome um i I recognize the wall i was like wait a second i've seen that you're like i know that um but yeah we're gonna have like a bunch of writers around rob rob snyder chris canterbury's playing um Again, I'm I'm so bad. Alex Sadek is playing Colin Nash, Johnny Clausen. Um, and I'm going to do like a little band thing in the middle of it. So oh, yeah. It'll be fun. That's Are you great. playing full band or? We're just going to do like a stripped down. Uh, it's it's pretty small. Doing mm-hmm. like a full drum set would be. Too much. Aggressive. A lot. Yeah. I mean, nothing is too much, but, you know, you, you can't really bring a Marshall stack into a lot yeah. of buildings. It'd be hard. <laughs> What's the um, instrumentation like going to be on your new record coming out it was awesome man i i love like this like i said those 70s like eagles jackson brown records um so what we did was i recorded me playing guitar and singing into sm7 like these um and and i and Mm -hmm. and i could see Oren playing drums um so we did that first and then switched around and then he would play bass and i would play like electric or something and then we'd both play electric or then i would play organ and then um, we'd have Kelly play piano or something. So it all like, it was recorded like with usually two people playing at the same time. So it kind of feels like a band mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it, but like we, we definitely had to overdub a couple things. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's just rock, you know, guitar, drums, bass, organ. I, I love organ. It's like my favorite. It's, I, try, I, I told Orin I wanted like if Late for the Sky by Jackson Brown Southeastern by Isbell and like Rustin Kelly's uh, Dying Star album all had like a weird child. Hell like yeah. An orgy. Yeah. But not like a fun one. That would be like Ooh. a deformed. Like a sad one. It would be like a weird deformed baby, but drugs. like, but also beautiful in a way. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like a sad. Uh, but my record's not sad. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's actually, it actually came out very um, lively. It's it like especially Gold Rush, the first single that's coming out yeah. on April 16th. Um, it almost sounds like an Elton John song from, yeah. from that era. It's like very bouncy piano and like fun. Why don't we talk about that song? Let's do it. Yeah. Speaking of restaurants and bars that are gone. Well, <laughs> it was such a pain, man. So I met Gabe at Bobby's and then on Mondays, Sam Cooper, um, no idea where he's at at the moment, um, used to host a showcase at the Gold Rush on Elston and uh, you got to play a full hour of music. Original music, a full hour in Nashville is like unheard of. Yeah. Like that show just like doesn't exist. And again, it's the same crowd. It's mostly over 65 and drinking like very tall, um, w- like whiskey or whatever. Uh, and it it was this weird mash of people. It was awesome. It was such a fun place to try out music, you know. Um, so neither me or Gabe had like an hour's worth of stuff, but we would always like have to play new songs and whatever. And we were all playing a million shows, and I asked Gabe to play, like, an afternoon thing on a Monday. I was like, hey, man, like, you can play sing with me. It's going to be uh, so much singing. And he's like, man, I got to save my singing for the Gold Rush tonight because I'm not going to make it, like, whatever. And I was like, oh, that sounds like good. So I just wrote down, like, save my singing for the Gold Rush. And then, like, hmm. a couple days later, I just – I was at my little apartment on Murphy Road, and um, I was just like, maybe I'll write it as, like, I'll save my singing for, like, you know, a show that matters or, like, you know – all this like as we were playing for free all the time and i was like barely making rent and it's hard to justify that to yourself like i you know i went to college like 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like I'm uh, I'm dying here because I there's th- the thing is I'm not gonna give up. So it's it's one of those things where like how can I make this a little more comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Anyways, the song was just kind of like if if I had to write like a like a a band road song about just like you know what man I'm I'm like turn it all in for a minute like I'm I'm like the one line like I'm sick and I'm sick and tired of getting paid in beer you know mm-hmm. I just like I mean I want to just like give me a, like a hundred bucks for being here for four hours you know um so that was just kind of where the song came from and it was cool to write it by myself because it was like an idea that would be kind of if I said it out loud too much it might change a little and I yeah. just kind of like you know spit it out in like an hour but That's it was really awesome. fun to record yeah it definitely has like the recording has that almost like a garage band feel like a very live sound to it yeah I, like you know the, the uh, old 97s yeah I love don't them. no they're they're like a there was that alt country thing like uh, Lucero they were kind of like the start of that like version of alt country yeah it was like midwestern like punk rock kids who also kind of played like rootsy ish yeah sometimes twangy yeah Yeah, but but like guitar tones are like heavy um they have a song called nightclub it was like one of the first songs i ever learned on guitar and uh i've listened to it like a million times but like the drum beat is like kind of similar to that it has that very like shuffly thing and i always love songs that like feel like that so that was like a reference track and everything and it just kind of um, I don't know. It makes you feel like almost like it's about to fall apart, <laughs> but it but it stays together, I guess. Yeah, it definitely has like some pretty like overdriven guitars on it and stuff. Yeah, we put the amps to nine. I I, I love Princeton reverbs. Yeah, same. So I put my telly through that uh, Princeton reverb to nine, and then Oren played. We played at the same time. He played a Gold Top Les Paul with P90s through a Marshall um, half stack, I believe. Uh, also to like 10 so <laughs> and and then I put my acoustic on and I'm like this is so funny that we're like now we're doing the acoustic track yeah <laughs> we just we just like blew out this room and now we're just like ding 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 <laughs> well I'm excited to hear you and Kurt play it at yeah, the end of this podcast that's so too. fun yeah man yeah. that's such we're a cool element of this yeah it's super dope. dope and you heard some of the Nate stuff so yeah I mean like uh Nate Nate is one of my favorite people to write with and also just like to play. He has such a specific style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. guitar wise, especially. Um, yeah, kind of has like a, I'd call it like a frailing or like a call a hammer banjo style that he does on guitar. I was going to say that. Yeah. Like, uh, well, like his whole story of learning guitar is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious, but he's basically bedridden with and he broke his jaw for um, like a year and, you know, figured out how to play guitar and whatever. I just think that his whole story like reads like a book. You know what I mean? So I'm 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 really happy for all this stuff that's going on. Yeah, it reads like a book like from Kanye West, you know, or who broke his jaw and sang through the wire, dude. No, nope, not like that at all. Very oh. different. Kanye broke his jaw? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That was back in the day. Yeah. Oh. I'm just a nerd. My story's so boring. It's like my parents paid for my guitar lessons, which I love them for. They're the best parents ever. And then I went to music school and now I play music for a living. Like that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the podcast. There was a hell of a lot more. Yeah, to I guess it we did that. kind of rainbow for at least an hour on that one. So there's yeah. got to be something more than that. Yeah. You got It's never like easy for anyone, though. You yeah, know, like everyone kind of makes their path in their own way. Yeah, and like you, the, when you start comparing, it it leads down a dark highway. You know, like my parents bought me my first drum set, which I don't know why the fuck they ever did that. But <laughs> I was a drummer before I was a guitar player, and like if I didn't get that drum set that year, and I didn't, you know. I saved a hundred bucks to get a the Squire Strat Pack, which mm-hmm. was like the coolest thing ever. I mean, and and if I didn't have a group of friends in middle school that I really wanted to be friends with, but they didn't really want to be with my friend unless I was the singer in their band. Like if that didn't happen, then you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I have a million what ifs kind of. <laughs> yeah, thing and if you get too far down that rabbit hole, it's just just like Jesus Christ. Um, you just make yourself crazy. Over yeah, it's true. I Have think you, your story is pretty fucking rad. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate a, it. You're a uh, sushi driver. Yeah, I was. Uh, actually, it was on my bicycle. I don't know if we mentioned right. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure did. I should have said sushi bicyclist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I got these thunder thighs. Thunder, thunder, <laughs> thunder, thunder thighs. Um, let's also, one of my favorite songs that you've released previously is yeah. Babylon. Yeah. Which is a super cool song. Yeah. And um, I love that you have a version of it 
and Gabe has a version of it. Yeah, man. Significantly different. Very different. Both super cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, that was, so me and Gabe, when we first moved here, both, well, he, he's from here, but, um, when I first moved here, I was scared to co-write with anyone because I just, I would never did it, you know? Uh, it's nice not, nobody does that anywhere else really, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then, uh. He he just kind of like never did before, so we we set a date to write. We were both like, "How's this gonna? Are we just gonna hang out?" Or like, we got there like, "What do we do?" You know. So we wrote a whole song. It's it's a cool song. It's called uh, Taj Mahal or something. It's a it's a very like long you know windy song. And then we were just sitting there at his old apartment, like over by Belcourt, and uh, we just started playing like Motowny chords. And I I kind of spit out like half of that first verse, and then he kind of was like, "Oh yeah, this could be a chorus," and we just kind of left it. Went to a bluegrass jam that night, which was awesome. And then over that Christmas like time, it was it was right before Christmas, we both like sent work tapes back and forth. And I'd never written like that before. And it was way more comfortable to not feel like I have to get this done in four hours. Yeah. You know? Um, especially for something that I felt like was a band thing. And he was he's such a good piano player and keys player. So we met up after the holiday and um kind of just like worked it out and worked it out and worked it out. And then we started playing it live and it was so fun to like do the harmonies on it. And um, I mean, his version is like you said, significantly different than mine. It almost sounds kind of like nineties country ish. Um, But I got, I mean, it got written up in Rolling Stone and shit. Like that's, that's cool shit. Like that doesn't really, that that was like the first, and not that, you know, Rolling Stone is is the end all be all, but it's a, it's validating. Oh yeah, absolutely. To have something that you wrote mentioned in something you grew up reading. Yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah. There's freaking movies about being in Rolling Stone. Like there's there's songs that are about the cover of Rolling Stone. So having something that you helped create live in that same thing is super cool. And like, you can pretend that doesn't matter to you and it's like, oh, corporate and like whatever. It's like, but, or you can just enjoy it. Because yeah. it's something cool that happened. Yeah, you can you know? smile and be like, um, heck yeah. Yeah, and like recording it was so fun. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say that my version's better, um, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, but I just got to, again, put my guitar, my Telecaster to nine on my Princeton and just fucking play really loud. And then we dug up in the back of the studio called Shoebox Studio. We uh, found this old 335. And we were like, what? It was almost like, it almost looked like it didn't work. But then we plugged it in and it sounded awesome. So we d- changed the capo position and like played that on the, I, I played that one next. So it sounds like, like kind of Rolling Stones, you like both guitar players not really doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like a wall of sound sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I was like, man, I've never done that before. Like, that's fun. Like that's, as, so, so, so every time I hear it, like I, I remember that. I'm like, oh man, that was really fun to do. Yeah, I hate um, to tell Gabe, but I like your version. Oh yeah, thank. You. I'm gonna Sorry, tell Gabe. him. I'm gonna tell him as soon as I see him. <laughs> I like both. It's super cool. It's also one of those things where, like, sometimes when you hear it the first time, you're like, "Uh, the, this one's different." Yeah. You know? Like, no, it is. <laughs> like um, people say that about demos. Like, yeah, you hear just a demo. Bring that up. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely plenty of songs that I like the demo. I'm not gonna say what they are. Oh, you know, here in the pod. I mean, I will. Okay. Like um, the. Like Trainwreck, like I like, I like, love Ashlyn's version, but like I like Randy's. It's not really a demo, but I do like his version better. But I, I think Ashlyn's a better artist, and she's going to be a superstar. What about In It by Jake Owen? That was a Josh Thompson demo for in town for a real long time. His version's magic. It's just a demo. I don't it's know that one. So powerful. I'll play it for you after this. Yeah, I want to hear. I, but I don't have it because I'm not allowed to have it, so I definitely don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> if you've heard, there's a if you've ever heard Channing play Trainwreck. Yeah, um, a million times that revival. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, that like so powerful. It's one of those where if you're in Nashville and and you happen to see that, it's like one of those things you remember for a long time. Yeah, um, that train whistle. Yeah, he just and it, uh, yeah, he's got so much. He again, s- s- watching someone who knows who they are and knows what they do and can can really convey the point is so. Refer- I love that feeling. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that you get there with anything but time and practice. I I don't think you're born with that. I agree. I just no. don't. You learn it, um, and you learn what speaks to people and what shuts them the fuck up, and then you do that again. Yeah. yeah, but but if you're doing it just for that, then it won't work. Right. So so it's it's a it's it's not simple. I guess like most things in you know music in general is just um, there's so much to it. I guess. Yeah. And if there wouldn't, then we wouldn't have a podcast because yeah. it would be so, <laughs> nothing to easy. talk about. Yeah. 
Every well, song would sound I mean, the same. I mean, I mean, that's why, you know, not to like rag on anyone in particular. It's just like when you hear, you know, very down the middle chord progressions and, you know, production and everything, when you know it could be like the demo was or like you know that artist can sing or can be, it's just like, no, someone is someone is sanding those edges, you know, like keep those. Keep those. That's what that's what keeps me coming back every time, I guess, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the people that play Revival have that kind yes. of a sound. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like these are like the big like Nashville radio people. It's just like the Gabe Lees and, you know, whoever else is around that kind of has yeah. that edge that we know and love. Definitely. I mean, that's what we're going for. So I'm glad yeah. that that's how it comes across. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a really good one next uh, tomorrow and, and next week if you guys are, you guys are around. Uh, we, we, I might be around tomorrow unless we do another podcast with Flatland. Yeah. But this will be out well after. Uh, Oh yeah. Man, you got to live in the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. We are on that content grind so hard right now. I'm so happy. Can I just say, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy for all the stuff that's happening for, for both you guys. But I mean, Nick, you've like. Yeah. Kurt's been rich though. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, man. I just feel like making me so uncomfortable. My own podcast here in his own home, yeah, um, undisclosed location. Um, I, I just, I just feel like, in, in all, you know, not to get too earnest, but I, I feel like that you have put in the, the work, Thanks, and man. and you're and you're doing all the stuff, yeah, and, and, and pe- the things. People like me appreciate that because, it, like, I, I remember, like, I remember seeing you at so many things. I'm like, I can't believe he's still out and, and going out five nights in a row and meeting all these people and networking and doing all this stuff. And you just, you've, you've like put in the effort. So I, I'm happy for everything that's happening for you. Yeah. I, I just don't like drinking as much as I used to anymore. <laughs> as you're drinking, you'll be right yeah. now. Just one though. Maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like to say raised rowdy and writer's rounds in general, right? Like, they are a labor of love. You're oh. not doing that stuff because you think you're going to be rich doing it. No, I didn't no, no, start no, no, no. Rage Rowdy thinking that I'm going to be rich. I thought it, I started it because I saw things that needed light shine on it, you know? Right. And there's music that they don't have $3,000 to pay a company to help promote their songs. Yeah. And if you know anyone that has $3,000, though, I will. Yeah. You're like, take I it. could use that. Yeah. <laughs> But those songs aren't any less deserving of acclaim. They're not any less deserving of being under people's eyes, you know, specifically their ears, you know. And that's why we started Rage Rowdy, man. It's from things like Revival. It's from things like Whiskey Jam. It's from great songwriters that you see and you're like, why isn't this guy famous? Yeah. You know? Like why 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 is he writing for other people? You know, yeah. and sometimes it's because that's exactly what they want to do. You yeah. know, but other times it's because life didn't just work out the right way for them. Right. And if I can help one percent, some people' lives work out the right way, then I think I'm doing something that has value. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of people that that you have, I I don't even want to say helped because it's just you've you've you know kicked the ball down the field for and stuff. I don't think any of us are doing it for the reason of getting rich. Yeah. And I, and I think that you can see, I think that's the East Coast thing, you can see right through that shit. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those <laughs> people move home after a year. I yeah. mean, no offense to anybody that's done that, but like, if you think this is the easiest way to make a million dollars, just get a regular job. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. You know, like work your way up. This is not easy shit. You no. Know? And I, I don't regret it for a, for a minute, you right. know, uh, but I think doing it for the right reason, like you almost have to sit down with yourself before like you do anything. And I'm like, okay, am I doing this the right way? Yeah. Um, I remember being on a Bumble date with a girl that was significantly out of my league. And I was like, why is she even on a Bumble date with me? But <laughs> she was. And she was like, so why don't you have like, you have two full-time jobs? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Two full-time jobs, pretty much. And she was like, and you don't have like a house? I'm like, No. And she's like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, you know? Mm. And I was like, honestly, like part of this thing that I'm doing is like being, I'm not a musician, but being in it with the musicians that are like working and trying to do this thing, there's part of it is like you have to do that. Yeah. You know, if you just came in and you had 
a million dollars and you were like, hey, I have all of this great media content, the first thing we've ever done straight out the box, you know, before I have I have this big investor from this big corporate company, you know, day one, right? Like you can see that. You yeah, know? and it, it doesn't it 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 doesn't take that long for someone to smell that. I don't yeah. think. Um, Got to have the songs, right? Yeah, you can't buy a good song, right? Yeah, and would you really want to support a musician that had that? Would you really want to support a publication that came to the table like that? You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like there's so many other ways to go about it. I mean, even with like the distro model that I'm doing and so many people I know are doing, and Taylor yeah. Swift is re-recording her whole first record and, yeah. just, and just distributing it with somebody small and like, cause she got screwed out of a big label deal. I mean, yep. the world is just like, music world is so, so volatile in that way that the only thing you can control is making good songs Yes, and getting good people around you. Yeah. That's all you can do. And without, you know, William at Empire and and Ayla, who's doing all the creative stuff, like content stuff for me, and Brooke Stevens and Rob Snyder. I mean, like again, that that Mount Rushmore, it's probably got twenty heads on it um, <laughs> of people. Like I, that doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't. Um, it just doesn't happen. Um, and and I think the reason that some of those people are willing to help others is because they feel the intentions. Yeah, Does that makes sure. Sense? Well, you you hear it, and you're like, "There's something here. Let mm-hmm. me help it make it." even more you know right and that's that's really what it's about dude and that's founding of what we started at raise rowdy yeah and it's cool to see people that you believe in in music that might not be that centered down the mainstream having a world to live in man definitely and and having people's ears that will listen to it you know because that there's people out there searching for that you know, definitely. There's people out there searching for something that doesn't sound like everything else. I think Stableton proved that. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to like, you know, put the, all that on one person, but I, I think that he, he proved so much for so many people. I think he really has changed the entire industry. Yeah, and guys like Stapleton and before him Eric Church. Yep. You know, you'll hear so many songwriters say, "I like country music," and I thought I realized I wanted to do it because of Church. Yeah. Same thing with Stapleton, and. So for a, a person that's in the music industry, you want to be that for that next generation. You know, you want to be a part of that. And that's what, that's when you know you really made it. When someone says on a podcast in 20 years from now, hey, Vinny Paolizzi <laughs> was from Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And I watched him do it. You man. know what I mean? And it's as crazy as that sounds, like that's real success, man. That's really the meaning of yeah. why you... Well, I think That's I think the heart. when I sat down and wanted to like learn music, and I would love to hear Kurt's answer on this too, like of what like what what the real like goal was. Mine was to be like Malcolm Young in a band. I wanted to be like the second guitar player, write all the riffs, and just like sit in the back, you yeah. know, and play guitar. And I didn't really, and I never really thought about it as a money thing. Like I never really like put that into it. But like, what was your first thing with music that you were like, what's what's the goal here? If you could have anything when you were twelve. I wanted to be able to play the guitar solo to Enter Sandman. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and just I've always just you know like I love playing guitar, and so I was like, well, that's my favorite thing. I want to be really good at it. <laughs> yeah. And so I, like I, um, Delaney always jokes our bass player Luke. He's like, you have t- too much self confidence to be a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just I like that's I like awesome. playing lead guitar. That's why I just wanted to do that. Yeah, I want when I grew up. That's what I wanted. It's to so do. funny because I never really wanted to play guitar solos. I I like them and I and I learn them now just so I it's just so I know how to do them if I'm like in that situation. But I never like even when I listen to ACDC songs through Angus's solos, I would just I would just love to just play the rhythm part. Yeah. You know, it, it's well, just a personality thing, I guess. I don't we're know. lucky to have multiple personalities yeah. because every <laughs> yeah. song would just be a guitar solo if everyone was like me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> You mean like like multiple personalities in our heads, or well that or, tr- that too, right? <laughs> I have a bunch of those going on. Yeah, I think the best people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably right. Well, man, thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Yeah. some of your freaking I, story, I, man. I, I I hope that wasn't uh, too long winded. No, it was great. No, it's perfect. Okay. Yeah, cool. And uh, I'm excited to hear you and Kurt play. Gold yeah, I'm Rush. excited to jam. I haven't yeah. jammed in a while. Let's go. It'll be fun. Thank you for listening out there in podcast land. Yeah, tell, every, tell everyone where they can so follow you. Rowdy. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Uh, yeah, Vinny Paolizzi, V-I-N-N-I-E-P-A-O-L-I-Z-Z-I. It's the same on everything. Because there's not a lot of people with that name. P-A-L-O. No. Shit. No, there's there's four L's, dude. P- P- three Y's. P-A-O-L-I-Z-Z-I. P-A-O-L-I-Z-Z-I. Yeah, yeah. like ZZ Top. Yeah. P-A-O-L-I-Z-Z-I. Vinny. Got it. P-A-O. Yeah, if you see a guy named Vinny with long hair and a way too much self confidence, that's probably me on the Instagram. But still plays the rhythm. But still the plays. R- no, I'm I'm not good. I just have a lot of self confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us and listening to Vinny's story and some of the nonsense that comes out of Kurt's mind and the the really big nonsense that comes out of mine. Oh yeah. But we appreciate you guys liking it. If you did like it, if you didn't, then you should like learn to like it better. <laughs> it's the worst outro I've ever heard. <laughs> learn to like it or else. Learn to like it better. Give us five stars on the internet, right? Yeah, oh, we're yeah. on the lines. We yeah. are now available on additional podcasting formats too because Kurt made me do it today. Like get it on iHeart. So it's yeah. on, this better be on iHeart. Fixed it. Yeah. It's definitely going to be there. And before we sign out, Big props to our big boy, Charlie, producing yes. this thing. We love you so much, Charlie. Charlie makes us sound less like I'm in a green room, even when I wasn't in a green room. You're the best, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie has Sherwood. all the cool mic cables in and stuff, so we he appreciate has that. more SM7Bs than we had coming in and, and many more luxurious mics. And he is going to mix the heck out of your guy's song. It's going to oh, sound so good. Yeah, love it. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Razor Rowdy Podcast. I'm Nikki T. I'm Kurt Ozon. And we'll see, see you in the, the front, front row. Southbound train Never cared for Georgie And them pizzas are way too sweet Baby life on the road Just ain't doing it for me Well I'm saving my singing For the gold rush Holding loose ends Waiting on a straight flush All this business And nickels and dimes Always felt like a waste of time Well, my Cadillac's slower than a jet plane It's got more muscle than a freight train We both get broken down It feels like every other town Well, I've always been a king I'm used to waiting on my crown For some time alone I sold my soul For a Corvette Then I drove into the sunset Now there's three more demons Playing in my quartet Well I'm saving my singing For the gold rush Holding loose ends Waiting on a straight flush All this business and nickels and freight train and we both get broken down it feels like every other town well I've always been a king and used to waiting on my crown well, I ain't claiming to be no prophet well, I've been Tired
Holding loose ends, waiting on a straight flush All this business and nickels and dimes Always felt like a waste of time Well, my Cadillac's slower than the jet plane It's got more muscle than the freight train We both get broken down It feels like every 